The Brutally Speaking podcast is proudly sponsored by Starving Artist Brewing. Starving Artist Brewing may be a small speck on Michigan's beer map, but they say big things come in small packages. A brewery who really puts their money where their mouth is, supporting underground artists far and wide. Making delicious beers with the simple belief that you should judge beer, not people. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is Landon Tours of The Plot and You. Uh, this was something that I've been actually trying to get Landon back on the show for a little while and just couldn't align schedules, but thankfully the band uh, had a tour stop here in Grand Rapids, and we were able to do an in-person, which as you'll hear, it's it's my first in-person uh, since the pandemic. Um, it was a little bit weird. Uh, actually, I take that back. I, I guess technically, um, obviously, the episode I did with Pepper Kino was my first in person, but um, it's still weird. Uh, I'm, we're not really doing a whole lot of in persons currently, and it's it seems like it's kind of coming back. Like there's been a couple of uh, occasions where you know a publicist will reach out to me and say so and so is coming to Michigan, and uh, if you would like to go to the venue and, and do a chat with them, you know we can uh, align that. But it's it's still kind of interesting that all these years later, I guess technically still with the pandemic kind of essentially being behind us, that that's kind of the last part of the, the touring industry that I haven't really seen come back yet. And it's a thing where I... I still get kind of nervous, actually. Like, you know, you know, at least with the home setup and, and kind of doing things over, you know, the software I use uh, to do everything over the internet, it's like I don't have to set anything up. It's already set up and just ready to go. And so when going to do something in person, especially after that pepper chat where like some of the microphone, my microphone wasn't really working correctly, that I was really stressing about like, what if something goes wrong? And to the point where I just basically set everything up and put it in my backpack and then like all I had to do was open my laptop and everything was ready to go um, because I was that worried. And it's crazy. You know, this is episode 399. I already have 400, the 400th episode, as you'll hear me say, like it's already done. It's been done for like a month and a half with uh, Vin Rock from Naughty by Nature. But it's interesting that seven years later in 400 episodes, you know, I still get nervous to do this uh, at times. And it's really not even about like, the thing. It's not about talking to someone. It's really just kind of, you know, mechanical issues potentially happening. Um, and it also is interesting too, like the, the difference of a, a live dynamic of sitting in a room with a person. I, I've kind of forgotten how you can see some more of the nervousness. And, you know, it's something I try not to do because I think it will make someone else kind of feel the same way. Like, you know, during our chat, Landon was constantly, you know, playing with his shoe and like his hat and stuff like that. And, you know, it's something where I almost felt myself doing the same thing, like where I was like, oh, I got to like fidget with something. And it was just a thing where 
I was kind of internalizing all this stuff where I'm just like constantly thinking about like, oh man, like, am I being fidgety? Am I like giving off this vibe that's like that he's picking up on? Like, and then I'm kind of picking up on something. And uh, the other thing too is obviously being in the green room, there was uh, the tour manager was in the room with us. And so were a few other people. And even internally, like there's just a lot going on where I'm like looking at other things, thinking to myself, like, oh God, I wonder if they're just like, these questions suck. This conversation's awful. Like just things like that. Cause it's, it's, I'm not used to having an audience like literally in the room with me. So it just becomes this thing where there's there's a lot of internal factors going on when you do an in-person that I just I haven't done in so long. I kind of forgot about. And I just uh, was really trying to get in the habit of being locked in and dialed in with with Landon and just have a conversation and really paying attention to him. And I wish we could have done it longer, uh, obviously with the show day, uh, and being here in Michigan and Landon living in Michigan, like, you know, as you'll hear his like wife was in town, friends and family and so forth. So, you know, I'm appreciative of the time I got, uh, like I said, having talked to Landon so long ago into the podcast, I think like in the first year, year and a half, you know, it's been a while. Um, and it's just a thing where I very much, uh, think he is someone that has a lot, uh, that he puts out into his music and his lyrics. I think he's a very well-spoken, thought-out person. I don't think anything he does is just on a whim. Um, I think there's a lot of thought-out things that go into what he does. And so that is someone, as a, a creative, that I'm very interested in talking to. And, you know, I'm excited to hopefully get to talk to him uh, down the road a little bit sooner and kind of go down more things. Like, I would love to pick his brain a little bit more about you know, when he watches movies, um, you know, what is he picking up? Like, is he picking up lines that might be good for a song? Or is he, you know, listening to the score and like thinking of something and just kind of how he gets inspiration from things? Um, because I, I find the creative process of creatives interesting. Um, so it's definitely one of those things where I uh, would love to chat with him a little bit more. But all of that said, let's get into my actual chat with Landon and I'll talk to you all on the other side of it. <laughs> Ever coming back, so right. I was like, I guess fuck everybody else. <laughs> Fair. I was actually you're the first person actually since the pandemic. Oh really? The first in person. Oh damn. Uh, because everyone's just been like, we, we we can just do Zoom, we yeah. can do Skype, and I'm like, all right, I mean it works yeah. for me, but and I feel like a dick coming to things now where I'm like. <laughs> Ah, you got the good mic, and I'm gonna have the, the <laughs> one, and because I don't really want to spend another like four hundred dollars on a microphone, Fair. just in and the event that I might right. do some in persons again. Fair. Um, I mean, so I mean, this is really just kind of a loose conversation, but for sure. Um, I mean, something that I have found interesting, and I've not really, I've talked to like you know Isaac from Kublai Khan. You know, they had like their big viral moment. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, Brian, you know, knocked loose of, like having their moment, but yeah. How has it been, you know, with Feel Nothing, TikTok, like, I mean, dude, I'm almost 40, so TikTok is, like, <laughs> beyond my realm of comprehension, so. I'm still pretty new to it, also. Yeah. yeah, so, 
I don't really, I still like, I feel so old saying this. I don't understand what the point of TikTok is because, like, at least Instagram, it's like photos, Facebook, yeah. it's, you know, sharing thoughts and so forth, Twitter. Mm. But it's like TikTok, I don't really get from that perspective. I didn't either. And now I'm on it like way more than any other app probably really what's cool I, yeah what's cool is like anything that you're into if you just like click and watch the right things then I, that's all you'll start getting fed i feel like that's the sick. part that like freaks me out is i'm like but it knows yeah <laughs> <laughs> like for instance we've been mario playing mario kart a bunch this tour and now like per, like 90 percent of my feed is just like cool mario kart clips which is pathetic for a 33 year old man but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have made it to where my Instagram right now has been uh, otters and red pandas. Okay. And uh, I really want a raccoon now. Okay. Because, like, I just... Easy. Just search raccoon. I mean, yeah. But Watch, like, like I, three, and then that's all you'll get for, like, a yeah. month. Well, you know what the weird thing is, though, is I never... Whenever I say, you know, I just want a million dollars, like, those things <laughs> to just make a million dollars appear in my bank account never show up. You'll start so. getting the scam videos. Yeah, yeah. All the dudes, like, trying to talk into cryptocurrency and <laughs> <laughs> all the the new coins that are out but i was gonna say like you know for and i don't say this like in a disrespectful mean but it's like you already had a new record and new songs on the horizon mm -hmm. and then a song that was kind of quote unquote forgotten about from the sense of like what we're promoting yeah goes big <clears throat> mm -hmm. so it's like kind of walk me through sort of that as it's happening in real time and then i guess adversely from kind of a behind the scenes aspect of things mm -hmm. like are you the band the label management whoever are they kind of like we need to capitalize this on in some capacity yeah um it was like i think two or three months before swan song came out that that song started popping off maybe even earlier um i forget who some like big athlete started or made a video to it and then a bunch just like started following suit and then <laughs> jake paul made a video about it which was really strange and then i don't know it was just like one thing after another like uh like sports center just a bunch of big tiktoks and stuff started making videos and uh yeah we just started seeing the numbers even like it transcended over to like spotify and all that stuff too which was just cool we went from like i think it was like five six hundred thousand monthly listeners to like almost two million within like wow. a year or something so yeah it was weird to watch um and yeah, I mean, we didn't really know like what that meant as far as like in terms of like how that would um, translate to like people showing up at shows and stuff like that because this all happened over the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's helped a lot. I think. I mean, it's obviously <laughs> our biggest song, so you can tell that like there's a lot of people in the crowd that almost just come for, just for that. Not a lot, like a, you know, a percentage of people you can tell they're kind of just more like being introduced to the other songs and then kind of waiting for that mm -hmm. um but yeah it was just it was bizarre i don't really know how to explain it, it was <laughs> not expected at all it just came so out of the blue but it's been it was cool i think that's the thing that's interesting to me about these things like i said like having you know being you know six years older than you mm. where i feel like i remember a time before the internet yeah and then obviously kind of adapting to the ever-changing world of what the internet does yeah. having to you know making it make music accessible mm -hmm. uh from all all over the world and all over the country and all over that kind of stuff but yeah. it becomes this thing where <clears throat> what is it like to me and that's the fascinating part is like like it's one thing if you're like oh dude you see this video and mm -hmm. it's got like uh, it's like not popping off yet and then yeah. all of a sudden it like starts gaining some momentum and then you're just like oh shit yeah and like to me that 
that just kind of has to be a little bit of a mind fuck where you're just like, I've been doing this shit for fucking a decade plus, and yeah. like this is the thing that like we get like gets us for some sure. recognition. Yeah, I, I didn't ever even see that song as being like a big thing. You know what I mean? It was like, I don't know. To me, it felt like one of the more like just whatever songs on that record. Um, it had like probably the catchiest chorus. I think that was the only reason why we made it a single. <laughs> but I I didn't think it was like gonna do anything like what it did. So it was cool, but. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> <laughs> I I still also think it's interesting the idea of people coming to shows to hear a song because mm-hmm. of like what the viralness of social yeah. media can do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think Knock Loose, I mean, kind of piggybacking off of them again. It's it's wild to see and having seen them mm-hmm. like literally sitting in this parking lot talking, and talking to Brian when they were playing this room mm-hmm. on a, like one of their first headlining runs. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, you know, kind of coming up in a scene and sort of being the new band that everyone's interested in, mm-hmm. but also kind of paying your dues as well, where you take right. out the bands that took you out mm-hmm. and doing everything the right way mm-hmm. to then now seeing them, you know, play Coachella and shit yeah, like that, like a few years later. It. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's still sometimes when I see those things to me, I'm like, Oh, it's an, like, it's an overnight success. And I'm like, but yeah. it's not, it's, it's definitely a weird time for sure too. Cause like, uh, I produce bands on the side and mm-hmm. like, I feel like I get asked a lot <clears throat> for advice, like on how to navigate, like getting your band, you know, listened to, to by an audience and stuff in this day and age. I'm like, I have no fucking clue. Like <laughs> I also came like the first two tours I did, I didn't even own a cell phone. You know what I mean? Like I have no idea how to navigate how things work now. Um, yeah. Everything's just so different. Like there are so many bands that have never even played a show that are like, have more monthly listeners than we do. You know what I mean? Like it's just a whole different, different ball game now. I mean, I guess even that's interesting to kind of discuss, like from a producing side of things. I've, I mean, especially during the pandemic, like, were you finding that you were kind of more busy now that do being able to just send files back and forth and not needing to actually be in a room with somebody? Yeah. Were you finding that you were getting more work in the quote yeah. unquote downtime? Definitely. Or, it yeah. was, yeah, it was a lot more, which it was in a way that I didn't really, um, I didn't prefer. I definitely mm. like the in-person, um, vibe more. It's just, I don't know. It works better for me, but yeah, I, I kept pretty busy with just a bunch of writing stuff had a bunch of I also was working on a lot of plot shit too but yeah it kind of like changed the game though because you started to realize you can work with bands like overseas you know what I mean like it's definitely a little bit more difficult but yeah I mean since then it's kind of reframed the way that I work with a lot of different clients and stuff because a lot of people don't prefer to not have to travel and shit but it's cool though I mean, I feel like at least living, unless I have this missing misinformation now, but I think you're still living in Detroit because the yeah. last time we had talked to you, had mm-hmm. just moved to Detroit and had yep. that funny Uber story of having yeah. to go to the tour to kick off mm-hmm. down in Ohio, and the guy oh, yeah, was like, got a speeding that. ticket. Yeah, that was psycho. <laughs> I was actually just telling someone that story about like, because they're like, oh, I was trying to go like a 20 minute Uber ride, and the, everyone just kept dropping me, and I was like, yeah. let me tell you this funny story <laughs> I actually had uh, told on the podcast. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it is one of those things to me where <clears throat> I feel like living in Detroit obviously would put you in more of a a better space, actually, because you're in a central hub, basically, for travel. Yeah. So it wouldn't be so hard for people to travel to you to, to record. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I mean, just like anything, I feel like people are 
just want to get the product and be done Absolutely. and don't want to put in the actual face-to-face time and get like the sure. go through it yeah um when i feel like that's something entirely that you kind of revel in almost yeah. of sorts of just being in it for sure yeah it's hard to like especially when it comes like vocals and like creative things like that things that happen like in the moment it's hard to like get that same kind of magic like over skype or whatever you know what i mean like it's it's just strange but it is it has its perks too for sure like i said like i can work with someone from germany you know just whenever you know times match up and we can figure out a good time frame to make things work but yeah at the same time you kind of lose some of the magic (laughs) do you feel that in i guess sort of your own viralness do you feel that maybe there are people who are coming to you solely because they think you have that magic ability to have that happen for them maybe but then they're probably sorely mistaken (laughs) (laughs) it's got to be the vibes just got to be right you know what i mean like nobody has like this the magic sauce you know what i mean it's got to be like a good collaboration between people what because I feel like a lot of what I see and sort of what you were just alluding to a little bit ago is where you'll have the people who like there's that meme of like people it's like starting in a band with your friends and local scene and, mm-hmm. and it's just them like getting to like the, the 17th step where they're like and now we're playing on a national level and yeah. da, 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 da. and I feel like that's all everyone's looking for anymore they don't want to put in the work they don't want to like go well, through no, the, the I mean, hassle and heartache the work sucks you know what I mean like <laughs> it does like we did it was like close to a decade of touring before we saw any kind of like fruits of the late, you know what I mean? Like I mean, you get like little glimpses of like, you know, feeling like it was worth all the time and effort. But I mean, yeah, most of us had to like work jobs back at home in between tours and stuff like that, come home with barely anything. So it's a long road. I mean, it's not for every single band. Like it's never the same story for everybody, but yeah, the music industry, I feel like now is harder than ever to kind of break into because there's so many different bands and acts like all competing for like in the same genres and stuff, you know? So yeah, the whole viral thing, like it's all just like a contest. And then it's like, how long will that even last? You know, it could be, you could have a couple like huge tours and then after that, nobody cares anymore, you know? But I, I do feel like the bands that like, put the time in and like really grinded it out for like a good period of time and did it the right way feel like those are the ones that usually stand the test of time and like end up having careers you know so yeah it's it's not an easy industry to get into by any means i guess like for the sake of just being real Mm. because i love having those moments on the show where it's like the hard question where it's like Mm. i would pose to you especially given the pandemic and all that kind of stuff was there maybe a point where you were thinking like maybe this is it for the plot you like i'll just do <laughs> Dude, like stuff every and- record ever. <laughs> <laughs> i've tried to quit this band like a million times um yeah uh over the pandemic i think i had a big um big moment where i was just like i don't need to be doing this anymore you know what i mean mm. like i don't really even like touring that much but um i had swan song to a to uh we had to put that record out and then obviously we needed to tour on it. And I think coming back to it and us like spacing tours out more has made it like a lot more enjoyable and just like less stressful. Hmm. Cause like, I don't know, I can't, I can't do like two months at a time anymore. That's just like soul crushing. So <laughs> us like spacing things out, I think has definitely made me feel like I could keep doing it for a bit longer. 
But yeah, I've definitely I've had a million moments of like, do I really want to do this? Yeah. Out of, out of curiosity, because I feel like the thing that I've always appreciated about both what you do in plot and your solo stuff mm-hmm. is that there's this honesty and vulnerability that you put into it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it has to be, A, a very cathartic thing that you're doing, but also it's got to be very taxing on you of like, do I really say these things? Like, I think that was something yeah. you and I had talked about previously when, uh, you know, putting out the last album where I'm like, you're like, I'm, I was with someone at the time. I'm singing some lyrics and they're like, is that about me? And you're like, no, it's <laughs> yeah. about you. Um, and then you're like, I'm not with that person, obviously. Yeah. But it's a thing where I feel like something that I have found interesting to kind of think about. Cause like, with the job I have currently, like this has been really fucking hard to mm-hmm. try to do weekly and keep it going. And sure. it's like seven years in trying to do a weekly show. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like honestly, like the last two weeks, like you're going to be episode 399. And then I already had my 400th done with uh, mm-hmm. Vinny from Naughty by Nature oh, for like a month and a half. Yeah. But I knew that was my 400th. Right. But it's just been like pulling teeth to like line up schedules due to my work schedule. And I honestly was like, maybe I just hit 400 and I'm fucking done. <laughs> and like, then I started thinking about it from a perspective of like, who am I if, if I'm done with this? Like, I've spent seven years, 400 episodes, countless hundreds of hours kind of being real with strangers, essentially. Yeah. What do I do when that's not an outlet I have anymore? Mm. And when I think about things like that, I kind of puts it into the same perspective, like prism of what you probably would go through, where it's like, who am I then? Who am I to myself? Who am I to everyone else? What do I do creatively to satiate that itch? Yeah. And so it makes me <clears throat> wonder... Like, when you think about, like, okay, this is going to be the end of this, like, what does that look like for you? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's confusing. Like, I mean, I think in the past it was, like, I felt like probably touring was just, like, a little too mentally taxing, like, to where, like, it was just, like, starting to flow into, like, spill into my, like, home life, too, you know, just, like, um, just didn't feel healthy, and so... But again, I feel like the pandemic happened at like a perfect time. Like it gave me a fresh like two years to just like gain a new perspective and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, I feel like the pandemic kind of saved <laughs> saved the band in a way because we were touring a lot before that. And yeah, now I just feel like we don't we don't really feel pressured by anyone to not do anything anymore, which is a, a good feeling because um, it's always like we've done so many tours that we just felt like we were kind of bullied into like in the past. And now I guess feeling like we just have that sense of control has just made it, I don't know, more enjoyable and not so it didn't, doesn't make it feel so much like a job. If that makes sense. It does. I think, I think the thing is I get older, there just becomes a sense of honesty with yourself of like what you're, what you want out of something. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we're too afraid to vocalize that because we're afraid of letting someone down, whoever that, whomever right. is yeah in the past it was always too they, they would just be like you know if you turn this down this could fuck up other opportunities and now it's like I don't give up I don't care <laughs> <laughs> me I have to be home longer it's sick <laughs> yeah no I, again that's just like I think that's been one of the most pivotal things is just having that control you know because nothing sucks worse than just feeling like pressured into doing some especially a month of your life going, right. you know what I mean so yeah. Well, I think, like, the thing people don't take into consideration is, like, just the Groundhog Day nature of oh, the dude. music business. Because it's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I have to, re- like, write a record. I have mm-hmm. X amount of time. And then, like, even going a step beyond that where it's, like, it has to be 
X amount of songs or X amount of length. Yeah. And it's like creation doesn't exist in those parameters where it's like, mm. okay, I have 62 minutes worth of material at 15 tracks. Oh, yeah. plus the Japanese, you know, mm-hmm. bonus track or whatever. It's like those aren't things. Yeah. And so I feel like when you start putting someone into these weird parameters as well as then going, okay, now you need to be on the road for X amount of time. Yeah. And then rinse, wash, repeat. Mm-hmm. And especially when it seems like the industry kind of preys on getting people when they're young. Yeah. So it's like then thinking about developing as a person mm-hmm. and then being put into these extraordinary. No, yeah. I'm sorry. I always say that the wrong way because I there's a video that I saw on a, or a. I was watching Wheel of Fortune, mm-hmm. and this lady was like, extraordinary architecture. And I'm like, it's not extraordinary, because that would mean it's super ordinary. Right. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, but ever since then, I've kept that in my head of extraordinary. Um, but it's a thing where I feel like it's it's such an extraordinary set of circumstances that like you're away from everyone, and while mm-hmm. you are seeing literally the world and growing in a completely different facet than literally everybody else probably around you back home, Yeah. You, I can't help but just wonder, like, what does that do to a person? Yeah. And then coming home, and it's like, you don't know what I like my life, and I don't know yours. Yeah. And we kind of both want what each other don't have, but <laughs> yeah. we can't meet in the middle either. Right. And then just, it's weird. I, I feel like I've gotten used to that, though, at this point. It's, it, I don't know. It's, there's a mutual understanding between me and everyone in my life, you know, that. I'm going to come home and I'm not going to understand all of your inside jokes. And like, you're going to have to catch me up on a lot of shit. Um, but yeah, again, like we, since we've been touring less, that's become less of an issue. You know what I mean? Like, I think that was again, probably the biggest and best thing that could have happened for us is just like slowing down a bit and like taking it at a slower pace. And I mean, even with songwriting too, um, I, fi- I finally, I've been wanting to do it for a long time, but like the three, what we have three singles out, three singles done two are out yep um that we're kind of like just spreading out over the year to kind of hold things over but like just having the freedom to just be like just worry about like a couple songs like just worry about like devote all of your time to just worrying about a few separate songs they don't even have to be linked together just like make the best of whatever like i don't know that creative freedom too i think led to some really cool results and now, like, because of the success of that, like, they're kind of being more lenient with me and, like, allowing me to just kind of, like, do things when it feels natural as opposed to, like, devoting three months to making making an album. You know what I mean? Like, I never want to, like, force any kind of art anymore. Just kind of feel it when it comes. Do you feel that... Because I, I feel like from a fan's perspective, especially when an album rollout now is like almost half the fucking record over mm-hmm. the course of five, six months. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's way too much. Um, yeah. Personally. And to me, I feel like it's a thing, too, where I like the idea of singles or, I guess, smaller EPs where it's like I feel like it gives more of a snapshot of where I've been maybe at that time. Yeah. But still allows them to be creative and grow over the course of whatever. But when you do it in the traditional sense of like here's the record or two three years and you're already writing stuff anyway Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden like when you drop something you might be like where did this come from yeah you're like man you guys are like two and a half years behind Mm -hmm. and even that has been a really interesting concept i've been thinking about is as a creative you are living in the moment and everything that inspires you to create Mm -hmm. is happening now yeah but by the time we as fans hear it (laughs) it's old news it's old news and then you have to go back and relive that while you're still like you never get to really exist in any present moment yeah actually these are like the the new songs that we're playing on this tour are the first ones that like 
I haven't really written much since then, so they still feel pretty new. Like, I've written, like, songs for other people and, and stuff since then, but, like, as far as, like, plot goes, like, there are no other plot songs, really, that exist right now. These are the newest, most up-to-date, and that's, like, the first time that's ever happened, so that's pretty cool. That's, like, a, a brand-new type of experience, but, yeah. Yeah, I was just talking uh, to another podcast with uh, Corey from God Forbid and uh, Jackie that used to work for like Metal Blade and stuff. Mm. We were actually talking about metal fans who were like, the demo was better. And yeah. I was like, I do think there's a relevance to that only from the sake of the demo captures that like excitement the of rawness. the new song. Yeah. And I go, because like, there are times like when you listen to a demo and it sounds like fresh and then you can tell everyone's into it. Yeah. And they lay into it harder. And then like a year or so later when you get the full like actual version, you're just like, it's missing something. Yeah. And I think it, that's what it is. I think it's missing that excitement because you're like, all right, we've already been playing this one out now for a while. And yeah. uh, now it's just clock in, get it done. Yeah. Put it out. Yeah. It happens. It's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Even like, it's crazy how fast songs like just become like a chore you know what i mean like i even uh when swan song came out within the like first tour that we were playing some of those songs i was just like i'm already over this <laughs> like but it happens you just got to get used to it we still got a few songs in our set though that are i'm still like excited to play i guess like a, a fun follow-up to that even is are there songs maybe that you're playing that are super old that like you have found a reconnection to or maybe have morphed where what they mean to you over time. Yeah, maybe like in certain aspects. Uh, we brought back a song called Troll. It was from our second record ever on this tour, and I, I fought hard to bring it back. I was just like, I think people, the old fans, would be so hype on it, you know, because it's been a long time, and we brought it back, and that's actually the best response in, like, in our whole set. That song goes off really hard. So I definitely, like... This song is so stupid. It's <laughs> the dumbest song ever. But I've definitely like grown to appreciate it again and like yeah, it's interesting for sure. But yeah, there's there's other moments and other songs too, I think, that like every now and then I'm like, oh, you know what, this is like this still holds up, you know. Is it weird to look back at your own like art like that? Like where you look at it I don't wanna necessarily say it from an objective standpoint, but where it's maybe been long enough that you haven't listened to it haven't thought about it and then you're just kind of transported right back to where you were that like create like yeah inspired the music or the lyrics or whatever yeah more than anything it's more like what the fuck was i like <laughs> what kind of shit was i into that like made this happen yeah i definitely have moments like that sometimes but i don't know i was on some weird shit back <laughs> so yeah but yeah like especially some of the like could you watch your children burn songs those especially i'm just like dude I don't even recognize that person that's, you know, singing those things. But Do you feel that that shows a lot of growth in you as a person? Probably. I mean, maybe to a degree. I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm sure I, I would like to hope, hope so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely weird, like, listening back on old things. Like, I can't believe I was comfortable saying those things out loud, but that's fine. Like... I don't regret any of that or anything like that. It's just, it's a an interesting observation, I suppose. I think sometimes it it makes me wonder, almost a, an opposite thing, where it's like, does being so young and just, I guess, maybe the inexperience of fear of repercussion of something, of just saying something, that maybe it actually allows you to be more brazen in what you want to say? I think, yeah, I guess I've laid down the... Uh, the framework to, <laughs> to be able to kind of just say whatever at this point. I remember being in my earlier 20s and just being like, 
putting something out and just being like, it's it's out. I I did it and I'm still alive. Like I'm, <laughs> everything's fine. Like I think I just very early on got a sense of like, you can kind of get away with saying anything within music, but what for better or for worse. But it just felt like such a safe space, and I was never really judged for it or anything. Which is weird that art can kind of give you that. I feel like I would even go maybe a, a step beyond that, and maybe that it's it's almost like a form of therapy to a degree where it's like, I know sometimes like when I went to therapy, like I would say some shit there where I'm like, and I would just say something and I'm like, I know like for an example, since obviously people can know your lyrics and you've put yourself out there. So I feel like I should say something equally as like kind of to share and be like, this is something I said, but I remember when a, a friend of mine had passed away and I was talking uh, on the phone with a friend that a mutual friend between the two of us. And I hadn't seen this person in 10 years. Like we just fell apart, like didn't talk, had a whole different lives. And I remember at one point he was just like, why are you going to the funeral? Like you haven't talked to this fucking dude for like a decade. Like, what do you want out of it? And I go, I, because I want to be the bigger person still. Yeah. Like I always was the bigger person. I always did the shit that like you should do because like, that's just how it should be. Cause you're, your friends and it means something and I go, so even in death, I still want to be the bigger person. Yeah. And I was like, and I know that's super shitty to say, but like, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do you think, <clears throat> excuse me, he's like, do you think you're going to get anything out of it? And I go, closure at least. Yeah. And again, still I'll have that feeling. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where it's moments like that kind of even in therapy like, where it's like you say the thing and you're just like, shit, I said that out loud. I don't know if I should have because like, yeah. doesn't it make me look like an asshole or like really terrible? And be, I feel like it, it can be freeing though sometimes. And that was yeah. the thing is like I feel like it was super freeing, but I feel like maybe potentially for you – it gave that same thing, that moment of saying something where maybe all these years later, you look back like, I can't believe I said that. But it also gave permission to others to maybe vocalize how they feel in the moment. And do- I'd like to hope so, I guess. Yeah. It's a, it's again, it's such a bizarre thing with music. It just kind of like gives you this shelter to kind of do and say whatever, not do, but like, you know, say what, say whatever for the most part. And just like, it's okay because it's art, <laughs> you know, it can, I'm sure it's good and bad. I mean, yeah, definitely. Some There are definitely some things that I probably could have bit my tongue a little harder on, but <laughs> it's whatever. I do wonder, too, as, you know, <clears throat> saying a lot of the things that you have on, on records and, and probably having a lot of people come to you and tell you what these lyrics and so forth mean, something that I, I've really latched on to in, in the vulnerability of a lot of what you've put out there is I feel like there's almost this very cinematic aspect to like what you do. And it makes me wonder like when you create, do you think in more visuals, even though the medium you're presenting in isn't really necessarily a visual medium? Um, not really. No, I'm like, I'm, I'm big on like, just like storytelling, I guess, like, and like getting a whole, like, a vibe that just feels like it's been lived in, if that makes sense. Like I like my songs to feel like, I don't know, just, just like it transports you somewhere different. You know what I mean? Like I'm really big on that. But as far as vision, I've I've never been like big into visuals or anything. Like when it comes to like music videos and stuff like that, I have very little to no say most of the time. I kind of just like trust the, the video videographer to kind of put their vision into it. But yeah, for me, no, it's more like, I don't know. My songs are like just really personal to me, and I just like to make sure like what I'm saying conveys like the the feeling and the idea as best as possible. You know, it's interesting because I would have figured you would be like because 
listening back to some of the stuff today, I was like, I feel like Landon would be really good at like scoring something. See that that's something I, I could do. I think I would enjoy doing something like that for sure. But yeah, in terms of visuals though, I don't know. Or I guess accompanying a visual. Like, yeah, that kinda yeah. Something like that I could see I could see myself doing, but is it something you've branched out into at all? Um I've done like a little bit and like um I've done some like documentary scoring. Um just like some like um more just like lower tier stuff but yeah it's something i would definitely like to get into but honestly more more lately i'm like trying to break out into kind of just like pop and hip-hop like just writing for artists and stuff like that in that realm i think that's like where my main focus is but maybe in the future that'd be cool i feel like we uh, could go in a few more different directions with this conversation but i know you got to go because you're home technically yeah. uh, i got friends and family coming wife, to visit yeah exactly <laughs> so one of those things i'm gonna let you go and get back to that but uh, i want to thank you for the time yeah, as absolutely. always and uh looking forward to seeing the show tonight for sure and seeing as a as weird as this is just to see like what pops off yeah because like that's the thing for me now especially when there's like a viral moments and stuff like that i'm like all right like how Where's the moment where everyone kind of like really goes ape shit and like yeah, all there's, that? Yeah, there's a couple cool ones, I think. Should be good. Yeah. Should be fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. enjoy the last uh, part of your day, I guess, before the for show. Sure. And uh, hopefully have you back on and down the road and discuss more randomness. Absolutely. So that was my conversation with Landon Tours, a get of the plot new. Their latest single, Left Behind, is out now. Uh, also, as you heard, there is at least one other song that is not released yet that uh, will be coming probably soon. And they just wrapped up their tour uh, that took them out for, shit, about a full month. Um, so if you didn't catch them on this last run, uh, hopefully they will be out again, maybe to support uh, the new single and some other stuff they have coming. But... Uh, as you heard, the, the days of touring for two months or so are, are pretty much at an end. So if you want to catch the band, catch them when they're out on the road. Also, Landon is just one of the busiest people ever, and I know he does his solo runs on occasion as well. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe some new music from, from that side of him as a solo artist uh, coming soon as well. And honestly, like I said, just someone that I feel like constantly puts their all into everything they do. And I would kind of really be interested to see more of him getting into more of like the pop and like hip hop side of things. Um, Cause I always think it's interesting when some of these people who are more known for a style or a genre kind of break into something else. And, you know, it's funny. I was watching uh, Dave, uh, the newest episode of Dave uh, last night as of when I'm recording this. And uh, the episode had Benny Blanco in it, who is a, a well-known producer who obviously works with uh, Little Dicky and has worked with so many different wide-reaching artists. I mean, had a song with, uh, oh, I'm terrible, uh, BTS. I was like, I'm terrible with uh, K-pop, but like BTS, I believe he worked on a uh, BTS song and has like done stuff in like hip-hop, pop, K-pop, uh, you know, just so many different things. And to me, I think just kind of showcases a, a wealth of, not being singularly identified as anything and able to kind of be malleable. And that's as someone right now, literally, as I've been interviewing people uh, for my store, you know, that's something I constantly talk about is just being malleable to literally whatever the day throws at you. Sometimes, you know, it's going to be needing to be more customer focused. Sometimes people aren't coming into the store. So I need you to kind of do more, you know, stocking of shelves and making sure everything is 
you know, following our visual merchandising guides and getting through inventory and, and doing all these things. And sometimes it's a little bit of hybrid of everything thrown at you all at once and you just kind of need to be malleable. And as I get older, that's just a word that I really have like latched onto is, you know, being able to roll with the punches. Um, it's it's kind of funny sometimes in my my personal life with my wife, I feel like the being malleable to us to anything i feel like sometimes is almost viewed as a as a negative thing um i know there are times when my wife's like what do you want to do like if do you like thinking about a trip would you like to go here would you like to do this like what are you thinking and i'm like and i'm just it's whatever and part of it is i've just learned that she will change her mind over the course of time i think even the trip we went on uh spending you know 10 days out west you know there was we're going to Vegas for this amount of days, and then we're going to be in Zion National Park uh, area for a couple of days. Then we're going back to Vegas. Then we're going to Utah, Salt Lake City. And part of that changed because the Nothing More guys were, you know, coming to Salt Lake. So we moved things by a day, and then where we were staying changed. And it, it it's those things to me don't matter because I'm not working, I'm going to have experiences. So whatever we end up doing will be fine because it's not my normal day to day. And whatever we end up doing should be an adventurous thing. Um, cause it's all new. It's a, it's a different town. It's a different state. It's different environments. And I feel like just kind of being malleable in those situations will allow me to just be happy with whatever we end up doing. Uh, I do realize in my day-to-day life, though, that sometimes that is viewed as not caring. Um, and I think it's it's interesting when we kind of think about things from that perspective of just how me wanting to just kind of roll with the punches and not being so regimented to something is almost looked at as me not caring because I'm not putting any, I'm not putting any input into like, well, let's go do this or how about we do this because... I mean, even with this podcast, like there are so many times that, you know, I'll have someone confirmed and we're going to do it. Like, I mean, most notably, Jonathan Davis, a few years ago during uh, his solo tour, he was doing I had Jonathan Davis was going to come on the show, like had the time ready to go. I sat in front of the computer that I'm staring at right now currently. And about two minutes before it was supposed to happen, you know, the publicist called me and just said, it's not happening. Um you know, something came up and then I was like, cool, not a problem. We can, you know, reschedule. We can figure out something that works uh, for him uh, on the rest of the run. Uh, if there's, you know, the 20, 25 minutes that works for him. And it was just a, no, it's not happening. And I was kind of bummed. Um, but I was just like, you know, it's fine. Uh, if it's meant to happen at another point in time, it will. And I think even like this show has really taught me to just kind of be malleable to understanding that sometimes things just aren't going to pan out the way you want to. And instead of, you know, you could be bummed and it could like throw you off for the rest of your day and you could be upset about it. Or you can just choose to let it slide and just go, okay, like moving on to the next thing. And, you know, maybe looking at it as a, well, now I have more time to spend with my wife or I have time to do this other thing I've been wanting to do and just not letting it ruin your day. And I feel like that's, that's where for me personally, I've come to kind of really embrace the just letting things happen because I feel like it's when I'm so excited about a thing or like committed to a thing and then it just for whatever reason doesn't pan out the way it was supposed to 
that's where I feel like we get, we focus on the negative side of, you know, life and that aspect of things. And to me, it's just not worth it. Um, I would rather just kind of go in with, I guess you could say low expectations, but I think it's really just being open to whatever ends up happening. And I've really applied that even to the podcast where I don't really have any questions or anything uh, prepared. And I'm just more in the moment because I think that's what's more interesting is just kind of being in the moment uh, with somebody and, and letting the thing happen. Um, I know that's really hard for a lot of people, even my wife. Uh, I mean, as we've had the conversations recently, you know, of, you know, I'm working on schedules for my store and I can't really plan out our our time off together or our weeks because I, I have people who have random availability, uh, someone I'm trying to train, someone quit, like other stores are needing my employees. So like things change almost daily. And we really got to the the epicenter, I guess, of why it's, it bothers her so much, which was just that at her job and in her life, a lot of things are so planned ahead of time because they have to meet certain deadlines and expectations of for a client it need these things need to happen and we're just building to these these deadlines that the fact that my job isn't that way uh really is is stressful for her um and it was really kind of eye-opening to kind of figure that out like just how different we are in that capacity and how it causes some friction between us because I'm very, I don't know, like my day could change tomorrow. Like something could happen. I could get a phone call as, you know, the store manager and I, and I need to be there like now um, versus her where it's, you know, she's higher up than with the company. There's a lot of infrastructure to handle these things and it doesn't, you know, really reach her anymore uh, because the goal is this deadline. Obviously working in customer service and retail, it's the deadline, I guess, is essentially just sales and, and certain metrics and so forth. But it's uh, it's an interesting thing. Um, it's something I'm trying to get better at. It's something, you know, even, again, even going back to the episode of Dave last night, you know, he's dating, spoilers, I guess, if you're not caught up. But, you know, he was dating someone new and they're kind of thrust in this thing and they're trying to, I guess, putting too much expectations on how their time spent together should be in this new budding relationship. And, you know, at one point they just kind of realize like they just need to be honest with each other and it, and the lack of honesty of trying to, I don't want to say hide stuff from each other, but it was not having that, that fear of like what the other person was going to say ended up causing some friction in, in the beginning of the relationship where it almost seemed like it was going to be doomed to, to never take off the ground and, and take flight. And it kind of reminded me again, the same thing of you just kind of need to be open and honest and willing to kind of experience things as they're happening um, and then dealing with them in that moment. Um, all of that said, let's start wrapping up this episode. If you would like to keep up with The Plot and You, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Plot and You, or simply go to theplotandyou.com. That'll have all of your landing pages for the different social medias. And tour information, merch store, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, if you would like to keep up with Landon, he has one of my favorite uh, social media names. It's Landon Tours, T-O-U-R-S. Clearly over here we love a, a good play on words, a good pun. And I think uh, Landon's social media handles are pretty solid. Um, I will say, at least on Twitter, it doesn't look like he's been active since... 2021. So Instagram is where you to follow him. Uh, and if you feel like a, a little bit of nostalgia too, uh, a really great thing to watch uh, is over on Instagram. He has like a, a vlog uh, thing in his like main bio area. 
And it's essentially random clips of the band on tour, clearly. And uh, my favorite part of it, and I should have asked him about this because I think it should be something he does more because it's just so fucking weird and awkward to me. Uh, but in a very funny way is actually like they'll be out at places and it's just people making out and they're like they're right in front of them or behind them or beside them or whatever. Um, to me, it's just weird and awkward and it makes me laugh. And I think it's funny and I think more people should see it. Uh, and I would love to see more content like that because I, as much as I don't like weird, awkward interactions, I do love seeing them when I'm not a part of them. Um, just people being kind of more present in the moment, I guess. So, you know, making out and whatever, being blissfully unaware that they're being recorded. Um, all of that said too, if you like keep up with the podcast, you can find a simple enough Bruce speak pod on all your social media platforms. If you would like to email us brutally speaking at gmail.com. And I want to thank our sponsors, uh, rockabilia use our code brew 10 at checkout and get 10% off your total purchase order. And Starving Artist Brewing uh, for supporting the show, even during the lean times of when I've just been working my ass off uh, and not having any time to get a podcast done. That said, I definitely have next episode, which will be episode 400's guest already done. It's been Rock from Naughty by Nature. Uh, that's been done for a while. I can't wait for you all to hear that one. Uh, even if you don't really love Naughty by Nature, don't really think you love hip-hop, this is a really great look into the music business side of things and becoming more of a brand. And I think it's just really interesting to talk to someone that's obviously a living legend in hip-hop and knows his shit uh, about those things. And I'm actually recording. I have about three episodes uh, to do over the next couple of days. So uh, while I was looking at kind of changing the format of the show to being more of a seasonal thing and dropping, you know, four, five, six, seven, maybe ten episodes as I get them done... Uh, I think I'm still going to try to do them when I get them. Uh, I will apologize now if it's not every single week, but I will try to do my best with my work schedule uh, to get these things out a little bit more consistently. But uh, your support and viewership, listenership, whatever it is, and word of mouth spreading of the podcast has been just insane to me. Uh, in the last couple of weeks of not putting out anything, I've been getting a lot of uh, Instagram comments and DMs and getting, you know, YouTube comments from people who are finding the show and, you know, commenting that they really enjoy what, the, you know, the show is. Um, I mean, even having people reach out and just say, you know, like, hopefully you're not going to stop the show. And it's crazy. Uh, I constantly talk about how I do this just kind of as a singular thing. There's no one else doing it. Uh, I do it typically in my, you know, one of the rooms in my house and I just stare at a wall at a computer screen. And to think that this is something that directly impacts people's week to weeks, uh, you know, there's some people who have actually sent out Christmas cards uh, explaining, you know, what the show meant to them during a tough time and uh, other people reaching out, uh, texting DMs and so forth and just saying that, you know, they appreciate the honesty uh, of this show and some of the conversations that I have with people. And it's, it's a thing where, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm going to go into it more, uh, in the next episode, cause obviously hitting 400 episodes is a huge milestone. Um, so I just want to thank everyone for, for going along on the journey, uh, whether you've been around for a while or just, you know, brand new, uh, means a lot. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode, uh, and any of the other episodes that you've already checked out. And, uh, I will talk to you all next time. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week and be present, be in the moments. I'll talk to you all next time.